On today's episode, long run distances for marathon prep. Welcome to the podcast, helping you train, rehab and run smarter. When I first started running in my 20s, I knew it would be something I'd be passionate about for the rest of my life. But unfortunately, developing injury after injury disrupted my progress and left me undertrained at the start line on race day. Even with my knowledge as a physio, I still fell victim to the vicious injury cycle and when searching for answers, struggled to decipher between common running myths and evidence-based guidance. That's what this podcast is here to help you with. So join me as a Run Smarter Scholar and let's break the injury cycle by raising your running IQ and achieving running feats you never thought possible. Welcome back, Run Smarter Scholars. I have a interesting topic that's actually, I've done as a YouTube video a couple of weeks ago and it was really successful. It's really taking off. Um, by the way, uh, just sharing um, my YouTube experience over the last couple of weeks, the channel itself is really, really gaining traction. And after, I don't know, uh, I've done over a hundred videos now and probably getting to two years on YouTube. Um, it It's taken me like maybe 10, 12 months to get from 1,000 to 2,000 subscribers. And now I've had 800 in the last 28 days and YouTube's just really pumping out some of these videos. Um, if I was just to go to my channel at the moment, there was a, there's a video I've done on pacing marathon. The title is called Pacing Strategy for Best Marathon Results. And at the moment has 29,000 views and it's skyrocketing from here. It's like gaining like maybe two, two, three, four thousand views a day. Um, but if I was to go to my most popular um, videos, that yes, that is the most popular. But the third most popular is what I'm talking about today. Sort of like repurposing this video. It the title of that YouTube video was called "The Perfect Long Run Distance for Best Marathon Results," and um, it's a good topic to cover because people are a bit unsure when they're preparing for their marathon, how much distance they actually need to cover. And when it comes to their long run, how long should it be? How close in proximity should we get to that 42.2 or 26.2 miles, um, in order to feel as prepared as possible. And I actually did a fair bit of research for this video. I, delved into the research, but I also asked a lot of experts, running coaches, um, people that I've had on the podcast before, just picking their brain as to what might be the best approach. Um, I actually sent them an email. I asked like um, kind of putting out a scenario because if someone was to say to a running coach, how long should I, what should be my long run distance before a marathon? They're going to want more information. And after I proposed this scenario, they still wanted more information, which is a fair call. But I asked if you had a 40-year-old recreational runner who's done a couple of marathons, their last marathon was four hours and 10 minutes, and their goal now is to run a sub four-hour marathon. Um, in that those circumstances, what would be the best long run? And I asked... A bunch of people. I asked James Dunn, who 
If you're not familiar, if you're on YouTube and you're following YouTube channels, you uh, have most likely come across his content. Um, he has like 300,000 subscribers or something like that. Um, and I have just been chatting to him about YouTube and life in general and running and that sort of stuff for the past couple of years. He is a great human being, <laughs> very um, considerate of his time and that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, so I asked him this question. He was more than happy to answer. I asked Jason Fitzgerald from um, Strength Running. I asked Tina Muir, who I've just interviewed recently. Um, Claire Bartholik, who has the planted runner in terms of podcasts and social media and those sorts of things. Um, and then I thought I had other running coaches as well. Owen Everard, Denny Cray, Matthew Boyd. I've had all of those guests on the podcast before, but I thought I'd ask one researcher as well. I asked Brian Hanley, who is very well versed in, well, he's a scientist himself, um, researcher and lecturer, and he's been on the podcast before and just thought I would shape it all into um, what they would recommend. So we have health professionals, Matthew Boyd's a physio as well, um, running coaches, elite athletes. Well, Tina Muir has um, been running at a competitive at a very high level in the past. Um, and so got a whole mix of professionals. And yes, they did. They They would have said, I would like more information. I would like their injury history. I would like their um, training volume history. I would like how well they're recovering, how their body's feeling. Um, all those sorts of details would be more helpful to clarify when it comes to answering this question. But nonetheless, they did their best to, to answer. And most of them, here comes the answer, most of them said that the long run when approaching the marathon should be about 20 miles, um, which turns out to be about 32 kilometers. And this is plus or minus a couple of miles here and there pending your ability. If you are well experienced, very well versed in high volumes, that might get up to 22 miles or 35 kilometers. Um, but on the opposite side of things, if it's your first marathon, if you haven't really put in a lot of mileage, if you don't have a lot of experience, maybe 18 miles um, might be might suffice a little bit more. Um, but interestingly enough, something I didn't really prepare for or expect was most of these coaches um, replied with based on time as well. So we need to factor in your duration of your run because, you know, it takes takes people, how long would it take to cover 20 miles? Some people, it takes a lot longer than others depending on how fast you're running. And we need to factor in duration as well because time on feet, the amount of time you're spending running in a fatigued state, um, these sort of things will really play a factor. And so gathering all of the data, gathering all this evidence, we sort of agreed on um, capping capping your run, go by distance, but also have a duration cap of about three to three and a half hours. Let's just use three and a half hours as an example. So if your long run is 20 miles, the idea should be to run that 20 miles if you can, but if it gets to three and a half hours, if you're... Um, if it takes longer than three and a half hours to cover that 20 miles, then don't do it. Just do the three and a half hours and um, 
cap it at that. Why we do this, uh, and I guess for if we're talking about experience, if you're an experienced runner, let's say three and a half hours, if this is your first marathon and you haven't had a, a, a long history of high volume training, it's probably going to be about three hours. We'll cap it at three hours for you. Um, but this is a big difference. 20 miles is a big, big difference from the 26.2 that you need to cover or 35 or 32 kilometers is a lot more, uh, is a lot less than the 42 kilometers that you need to cover. Why can't we train up until that distance? Why can't we in our long run, just get to 40 kilometers, 41, 42 kilometers, and then you're prepared and you've got all this training and all this volume backed up and, um, yeah, have us better prepare ourselves for this distance. Why can't we just do that? There is this concept of diminishing returns because when you finish a marathon, you need to recover. Like if, if you've ever completed a marathon, you are trashed that your legs are really fatigued. You've got muscle soreness for days. Your energy stores are depleted, maybe not sleeping that well afterwards. Um, it takes a long time for your body to absorb that load and bounce back and get back into running. Most people take about a week off and then they get involved in some cross training or very, very light jogging. Most people start some walk runs by week two. By week three, they're starting to find their feet again. They're starting to do some shorter jogs and sort of um, feel more normal again. So that takes a long, long time. So if you're running the distance of a marathon, similar to how you're racing, it takes two or three weeks just to get back into training. And so if you were to do a long run somewhere in your training plan that sort of mimics the distance of the race, that's going to severely disrupt all this momentum that you have building up your fitness. So that's where this concept of diminishing returns factors in. Your reco- the recovery time that is required outweighs the benefit of actually doing that long run. So you're forfeiting a lot of this momentum. Um, And we need to also factor in the amount of time you'll be running in a fatigued state. Uh, Running fatigued really accumulates high forces on your body because your muscles aren't that fresh to absorb that load. So a lot of the shock attenuation absorption just like ripples through your body and is a lot less efficient at doing so and absorbing those loads. Your contact time becomes a bit slower, like you're, you're spending more time on the ground, you're sort of hitting the ground harder and all of these things when running really, really fatigued um, plays a role, plays a role on injuries as well. And obviously a big part of your training is to minimize the risk of injuries occurring um, to get you to the marathon in the first place. And so um, this is where it's sort of, we, we need to factor all these things in. However, people get really uneasy. People get really worried about the the distance itself. It's very intimidating, the, the marathon run, and there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of fear of hitting the wall. What about if I hit the wall? What do I do then? Um, I need to train beyond that or through it and or at least recognize it enough times so that on race day I'm a bit more equipped and prepared and know how to fuel and know how to do all these sorts of things when the time arises. Um, 
there is some ways you can troubleshoot these or um, mitigate and also, again, gain your confidence and um, become a bit more certain. So Claire Bartholik came up with a really nice suggestion. She suggested doing a moderate run. She said about six to 10 miles of a moderate effort the day before your long run. So you start to accumulate fatigue earlier in your long run the next day and you'll probably with that kind of get close to the marathon distance. So you would have covered close to the marathon distance just over spread over two runs in a 24-hour period. And there's that recovery time in between and it's sort of like a combination of the two. You're sort of not really fatiguing yourself so that we don't have that diminishing returns and require several weeks off, but you're sort of recognizing accumulating that same mileage at the same time. Um, I'm going to pull up the, the video itself because Jason Fitzgerald also recommended um, a few things when it comes to your race pace and when it comes to um, efforts with trying to recognize your race pace within your long run. And so I just, um, let me just fast forward to his recommendations. Here it is. So he gave us three options um, based on your ability level and based on what you want to select. So option one, he said that your long run would be 18 miles with three to five of those miles at your goal marathon pace. That's option number one. Option number two, still run your 18 miles, but do about four to 10 miles at your goal marathon pace. So sort of mimicking that distance a little bit more. So we're going from three to five miles for like a beginner, I guess, to four to 10 miles, which, you know, will start to generate a lot of fatigue. Um, And then the third option, which would be for, I guess, more experienced athletes would be your long run to be 20 miles with the last 10 miles at goal marathon pace. So I really appreciate those options, Jason. That's um, going to help people at least be a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more um, sure of themselves on the start line to sort of recognize race pace, to recognize, um, you know, those those sort of efforts. However, there's a lot, like almost all of the coaches that I reached out to recognize that it's not just about the long run. If anything, there's something more important than the long run, and that is your overall weekly volume. Um, this, you know, you, you can put in the hard work in the long run, but the, the harder work, all the adaptation and the success adapting as a runner, adapting as a long distance runner, tolerating the marathon is going to come from weekly volume. So trying to sprinkle in more mileage into your midweek runs rather than just solely focusing on the long run and only doing two runs midweek and only doing 5k or, you know, three, four miles and expecting to be really equipped because you've done a decent long run doesn't really work that way. If we were to sort of fill out your midweek with more and more mileage, even if your long run stays at, 
you know, 10 to 15 miles, um, you are adapting to a runner, you're adapting as a runner and building out a lot of qualities a lot more efficiently and a lot safer as well. If you are only doing two four-mile midweek runs and then having to build up your long run to 18, 19, 20 miles, you're probably at greater risk of injury because that volume increase is a bit too abrupt and you're dealing with a lot of fatigue without really um, successfully building a big base, building the big base of the pyramid. Um, Instead, you're sort of building a very skinny, tall pyramid, which is a little bit risky, risks falling over. So um, we do need to recognize that. We need to recognize the importance of your weekly mileage and over the 12, 16 weeks of preparing for the marathon, we want to sort of fill out those midweek runs to, to build up a, a large volume. Um, interestingly, like I said earlier, um, preparing for this YouTube video, I went to look at the research and I found a paper and it was titled Training for a Marathon. And I think it was in brackets, half marathon as well. Um, so training for a marathon, training volume and longest endurance run related to performance and running injuries. And this really coincided with the advice of the coaches and said that um, the runners with the with more volume performed better, had a better marathon time. We're just talking about overall weekly volume. Very strong correlation to the amount of volume to the best performance time. There was a slight correlation to your long run distance. Um, so the longer, the more successful or the more, the longer <laughs> your long run, the more successful you were completing the marathon and your marathon time. However, it sort of, it capped out at that 35 or 20 mile mark. So those who built up their long run to 20 miles performed better than those who did like a 15 mile long run. But if you did a 23 mile long run, you didn't perform you didn't perform better than those who did 20 miles. So there was um, it was more in, in kilometers. So they said um, if you trained beyond if your long run went beyond 35 kilometers, it was not associated. Uh, with a better marathon time compared to those who had a long run between 30 and 35 kilometers. So um, again, really ties in well with the advice of the coaches. And yeah, it's always nice to see the research and advice and those sorts of things um, come together. So the next question you probably have is when to do these long runs, like how far out from the marathon should we do that to give ourselves the best chance for race day success? Um, I guess we want to, following the advice of these coaches and uh, researchers, it seems that doing your 20 mile run just before the taper makes sense. You would Your taper for the marathon would usually last about two weeks, which means that it's like two weekends, two or three weekends before the race itself is when you would do this long run. Um, it would depend on how much time you have available and how you're tolerating this mileage. There might be certain tweaks that you want to make or something that might be advantageous for you, but uh, does require a little bit of trial and error. 
Denny Cray, he asked, he has the, the Diz Runs podcast and he said, if you have a, enough time up your sleeve, you can do a 20 mile run. Um, but if you have a lot of time, maybe you can do this 20 mile run a couple of times. You can do it two or three times um, leading up to the marathon just to accumulate a lot of this and become or like adapt and become more familiar with that type of uh, those long runs. Um, but you wouldn't do them two or three weeks in a row. If you're say six weeks out, seven, eight weeks out from a marathon, you might want to do a 20 miler. Then uh, you might want to do the 20 miler on one weekend and then a shorter run the weekend after, and then a 20 miler, shorter run, 20 miler, and then into your taper. The shorter run in between those would be around about 12 to 15 miles. And, you know, that that could be something that works well for some, doesn't work well for others. That's why there's some fine tuning in here. And a lot of this will be fine tuning. It's similar to the taper. There's some, there's a good guideline and good template for people to follow, but individuality plays a role and tweaking things here and there, just make some slight fine adjustments um, will help tailor it to you. And so you might try a 20 miler once for a marathon, see how it goes. And then you might want to try it a couple of times for the next marathon if successful and see how that goes. Um, a few things to try. And then you're into the taper, which quickly, if I, if you aren't familiar with the taper episode that I did, um, when you get to the taper, you want to back off your volume by around about 50%. So your overall weekly mileage is cut in half. Then you have your intensity. So those short, fast workouts, your strides, your hill repeats, those short, really fast efforts, they stay in. We don't really want, we want to sort of keep 80 to 100% of that particular type of training just to keep some spring in your legs. Um, the recovery itself will be achieved with by backing off the, the volume um, so like all those slow, easy runs, all those long runs, the moderate intensity runs, that's all cut in half. So the legs can start feeling fresh, but we're maintaining a lot of spring in your step and maintaining a lot of familiarity with the fast efforts and race pace and those sorts of things. Um, and the frequency. So how often you're training also stays about the same. You might want to take out one day here and there, but depends on how many days per week you are training. If you're running six days a week, you could probably still run, have running sessions five days out of the week. Um, if you're running four days a week, you probably want to keep to four, um, but we're just manipulating the volume, but keeping the intensity in. So that's usually what coaches recommend and what the research tends to suggest is the best taper. And for the marathon, it's usually about two weeks. I do have, um, previous episodes on that. I also have a podcast playlist. Um, so on, on YouTube, so did I say podcast YouTube? So on YouTube, you can have certain playlists and I have a playlist on, on my channel and it's called run faster marathons at, the, at the moment there is, I think nine videos in there. There's the, that race pace strategy video that's really taking off. So that's in there. Uh, fueling for your marathons, that's in there. Strength training, what exercises to do, how many to do, all those sorts of things. 
Um, the long run video is in there. Selecting the best shoe for a marathon, that's in there. How to avoid hitting the wall, that's in there. Um, and so you can, that's just like a, a hub or a resource for you to check out if you are training for a marathon. Um, and if you haven't already, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel and <laughs> jump on the wave that is gaining a lot of traction at the moment. Um, looking forward to the next month to see if we do get another 800 or 1,000 subscribers or maybe more, who knows. Um, really enjoying the YouTube, even though it's taking a lot of time to script, record, edit, all that sort of stuff. It's It's been a blast, um, very much similar to this podcast. It's it's time and energy, but absolutely love it. Love educating runners, love talking about running and doing all these interviews as well. Uh, so that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed, um, learnt some, something new. Uh, if you are enjoying this particular type of format, if you more enjoy the researchers or the new um, spotlight, the pro runner spotlight episodes I'm doing, reach out, let me know. I'd love your feedback. And yeah, until next time, remember, Every new insight brings you one step closer to your next running breakthrough. If you are struggling to overcome an injury, you can jump on a free 20-minute injury chat with me, which you can book through my calendar in the show notes. While you're in the show notes, elevate your running IQ by jumping onto my free email list so you can receive material to help rehab your injury, lower your injury risk, and increase your performance. If emails aren't for you, consider my Facebook group, Instagram, and YouTube channels. And remember, each insight you get from these resources brings you one step closer to your next running breakthrough. Mm-hmm.